For those of you who don't know us, I'm Kelly Higdon. I'm an MFT in California and co-owner of Zinni Me with the fabulous Miranda Palmer. And I am Miranda Palmer, and I am also a licensed marriage and family therapist in California, and I run this with Kelly, and we also have a pre-licensed group for therapists and lots of other kind of cool things. Yay! I can see you guys Jared's here. here. Yeah. <laughs> um, all this fun stuff. Um, okay. So for those of you that know, don't know, we have an online business school for therapists that we've been running for many years now. And we also have coaching clients. And we tend to see all of our coaching clients in one week. We batch them up and we see them. But this week we saw our clients and it was very inspiring and enlightening, especially during these COVID times. Uh, we, in, in between, when we do these coaching sessions, we have this video coaching that we can do through an app called Marco Polo. And so we're in a lot of contact with our clients and they are sending us these panic messages. Oh my goodness. I'm feeling scared. The calls are down. Here's what this is. And we're like, okay. And we're helping them assess and make adjustments like on the fly right now in terms of their marketing plan and how to reach their clients and all of that. But this week was the week that we actually like sat down and we looked at the numbers and we looked at the data and we said, okay, what does life really look like? What does this mean financially? What does this mean in terms of calls? What does this mean in terms of conversion? And guess what we surprisingly found? No matter how much somebody was like freaking out, the amount of panic that people were feeling and the reality of what was happening in their business were often not actually correlated in any way, shape, or form. And Who else has felt that way? I mean, let's <laughs> just be honest. This is not just a therapist issue. I think this is across the board for a lot of us. Right? What we feel and what is happening, there's that dissonance. And that is exhausting. It's really exhausting. And it was a point in one particular session, we were having this conversation, and I looked and I said, your income went up $1,000 last month. And the client goes, did it? <laughs> he said, yeah, let's take a moment, feel it. Like, can you feel it? Oh, did you celebrate it? No. Oh, wait, like, let's, let's jump in. Like, let's really get into it. So, and a lot of therapists that we've been working with are really good generally about doing their numbers. And what they said was, Halfway through the month, I stopped tracking and paying attention to anything. So they had only gone back to the numbers because they knew that that was part of their agreement in doing coaching with us, that we're going to hold them accountable to their numbers. All of a sudden, they looked at their numbers and they went, oh, wow, calls are down, but conversion rates up. Let's wow. talk about that just for a second. Why is that? Because first of all, Miranda and I coach different people and it's a kind of across the board. Maybe there's fewer calls, but they're booking because the people who are calling right now are seriously committed. They're like, well, they're ready for you to call in the middle of a pandemic <laughs> means that you're taking a lot of initiative. You're fighting through a lot of stuff probably to be able to do that. So people are really motivated. They're also feeling it more um, and the ability to tolerate what they're going through where in old 
daily life they could manage. They can't do it now because of the way culturally everything's functioning. It's bringing everything to a head, so to speak. I think also people have fewer distractions. Yeah. People were, I'm going to the gym or I'm going to the park or I'm going to go for this or I'm going to hang out with my friends or I'm going to go drinking with friends or all these other pieces that kept them kind of moving and out of their bodies. We have this great opportunity where people are having to sit and they're having to be in their bodies. And it's this shift in the change. And as therapists, if we are out in the world and we are findable, for those people who are searching, those people go, oh, good. Oh, good. There's so many things that are, so many avenues of coping that are blocked off right now. I, I can't legally go to the beach <laughs> and sit on the beach and watch the waves. Like there are, there, there are police lines up. There are um, police vans. They're sitting, watching the beach, looking for people to they come. need to watch the beach. <laughs> Right. <laughs> I can't go in a parking lot and stay in my car. The parking lots are, are locked off, but I can, I can schedule a therapy session. So I, I think, I think this kind of goes back to what has always been common amongst people. They think if my phone's ringing a ton, that means I'm doing well. And to us, it doesn't mean anything. What matters is are the right people calling and are those people engaging in treatment and are they having great outcomes? That's when you know you're successful. So some therapists only need three or four calls a month because mm -hmm. of the way they work. Other therapists need like 15. Some big group practices need 30. So knowing what you need and how well you have those initial conversations to be able to help people, it's that conversion and that like retention those numbers matter way more than how many times I answered the phone this week. Yeah. And that idea of onboarding, you know, whether it's 10 or 20 or 50 clients into your practice every single month, if all those people are coming once and then moving on and not getting great outcomes, that doesn't feel good. No. You want to bring people that are having a transformation where they say, oh my gosh, this was amazing. And then they tell their friends. And guess what? We know what happens when people refer their friends to us. So, oh, I, I really, I, I trust this. I'm ready. I'm ready to dig in. So this place that we're in, in terms of feeling anxious about numbers and, and going by feeling about whether our business is doing well or not, that is not going to work for us right now during this anxious time. Our gut, unfortunately, it's got too much that's like kind of attacking it right now. And so we need to go and look at the numbers. What's happening financially? How often are people coming? How many sessions am I doing? What is my average hourly rate? What is happening in terms of conversion on the phone? How many, spa how many spaces do I really legitimately have in my practice if I am sitting at home with kids and doing homeschooling and all these mm -hmm. other pieces, like we're having to make adjustments. So also if, if your mind is still caught up on, I need 20 sessions a week, but realistically you can only do 15, then you need to sit down and look at the numbers and really adjust and not go, oh my gosh, I only have 12. I should have be a 20. You go, I only have 12, I need three more. I don't need eight more because I can't take eight more right now. No. I need three more. That's the other thing. Every I, I at least 
for the clients of mine who have children at home or particularly young children, their schedules are getting really squeezed. So their caseloads, there is no room to grow. So the other aspect too is that retention number. I am seeing that the way therapists are handling this transition and walking their clients through what is happening in the world is keeping their caseloads steady. Um, so helping navigate all of this. Yes, they may lose one or two. It, it does happen, but that happens in general anyway. That's not pandemic specific. You're going to have that throughout a caseload, right? So there is also looking at that number of saying, how many contacts am I having with my client? Am I really walking them through this and helping them navigate the transition? And even if some of you have all, a lot of you have already moved to completely virtual, are you still bringing that up and checking in with the outcomes of that? Those things kind of matter, those things matter too in terms of consistency for your clients, consistency and caseload for you. Um, and so what I also noticed with mine, and I think Miranda, you saw the same too, there wasn't like this huge, like dip. it's anticipated. It was, oh, I'm going to lose all my clients, but it didn't really happen. No, it really didn't. And in fact, my clients, they, they maxed out. People were, were saying, no, I really need weekly right now. Oh, and it was, it was something that they had known. We had talked about that. It's, it's important to kind of move it, people into a, into a more powerful schedule for outcomes, but they, all of a sudden the clients were like, Oh yes, no, I see it. That they had old clients who, who restarted. They had clients who were saying, I need twice a week right now. I don't need just once a week. And so they were having to figure out how to limit and be really honest about this is the max that I can see. So I have, clients who are literally turning people away from the standpoint of I, I can't do more than I can do. So I have to limit it to one session per week because I don't have room and they could be seeing more clients and doing more sessions right now, but it's not viable. Well, and that's what you brought up, I think is the other aspect for a lot of these clients, old clients are coming. A lot of our coaching clients, let me specify which client is who's yes. <laughs> a lot of the therapists we work with are having old clients come back. Um, so there, I just want you to understand the power of that relationship and that it extends far beyond after you terminate with the client and that when things like this happen, they're your first people that are going to reach out to you. Um, and really, and that is the hardest part is when a clinician is full and old clients come back. I know that feeling you want, you want so bad, like because you have that rapport that it's just this permanent like connection kind of thing. But that is the other thing we're seeing aside from less calls, higher conversion, then it's this other kind of quality relationship thing that's happening with clinicians and their past uh, clients. And part of that is because we did recommend, I mean, to all of you who've been, who've been listening to us and specifically to our clients, we said, reach out and check on people, not from a standpoint of trying to, to drum up business, but from a standpoint of like care, because you care about them and you want them to know that, hey, this isn't closed down, there is support for you. And so for many of them, that did lead to people going, oh my gosh, I was just gonna call mm -hmm. you or, oh, I didn't, I didn't know if I could call you. I didn't know if it was okay. Right. And so to let them know like, yes, it's okay and I'm here. 
here's here's what's going on. I love this, Alicia. She's over in she does couples work and and has a group practice over in Rancho Bernardo and um, East San Diego County. Rancho Cucamonga. I'm so sorry. Um, <laughs> she said that same trend here: less calls but higher conversion rate. I will say another data point that we looked at this week was uh, website analytics. And you may be wondering, like, why are you looking at that, Kelly? Well, it's just interesting. Like, this stuff fascinates me because it's where when we're developing marketing. So we're looking at how to continue marketing through this for our um, clinicians. I did notice that because we have clients across the country. So like my client in New York had a huge dip a while ago, but New York's been hit for a long time with the pandemic comparatively to other states. And now the, um, the traffic is going back up. So there's an initial like scramble for an area. And then I noticed that almost across the board, it goes down and then looking at New York, um, now it's going back up, even though they're still not even at probably the peak of the crisis. It's yeah. something about people kind of establishing routines and getting in, probably just feeling the impact of everything too. So why do we look at that? We just want to know, are people even looking for therapy? That's what I'm kind of interested in. And yes, they are across the board. They're still looking, they're still clicking on your website. They're reading articles far beyond your COVID article, okay? They care about like, how am I supposed to talk to my spouse when I see them 24 seven? You know, like they care about um, behavioral stuff with their kid. They care about like, how do I get out of bed every day? I, I really struggle with what the point of any of this is. Mm-hmm. So when we look at also at what people are searching on sites, it's not virtual health, they're looking or telehealth, they are looking at, though the clients have that, our clinicians have that on their site. They're looking at all the other stuff. Yeah. Like, can this person, do they really understand me? Can they help me in my life in general and with the things that I feel like are unique or very important to me in the here and now? So if I have a child with special needs, I want someone who's not just going to help me parent in general, I want someone who's going to help me parent <laughs> in this crisis with a special needs child. If I am looking for couples therapy, I want someone who can work with me online, but also that understands my relationship and that I'm LGBT or whatever the scenario is, or that we're in a triad or a long distance relationship. And like, what does this look like? These, these specialized people. So they're really looking for this connection because they want to find someone that they can like really engage with and that they can trust, right? Like ultimately, and when you can create that engagement and that trust with people, they call Mm -hmm. They're and they're working with you and they're in that space where they go, all right, this is, this is important. I'm going to, I'm going to make this part of my budget, even though I'm scared. Now people are fearful finances right now. Like people are fearful about that. Um, and at the same time, part of what happens during that fear is that people will spend money, which is a weird sort of thing. It's a way that people can, can feel better. And they're going to spend money one way or another. A lot of people, whether it's buying some kind of weird impulsive thing or investing in their health and it's okay for them to invest in their health. That's okay. Yeah. So just all, all of this to say, like some of the data points of looking at 
you may see things go down, but you don't just take that as a negative. You have to also see the outcome from that number. So calls go down, but conversions go up. And that means quality of care. That means quality of the clinical relationship and outcome. You may see website traffic dip, but when the people that do show up on your site, they spend more time, they dig in more, and they're more likely to connect with you. So don't just write it all off. It's like, this is all negative when really there it's balancing out. And like Miranda said, it's just funny. I'll just admit it. Like there's part of me too that freaks out on occasion randomly just from my own internal gut that's failing me right now about money and things like this. And then when I go back to the numbers, it's like, no, it, it doesn't make sense, you know, but you just news and fear, it permeates every day. And it's how we're managing that. And looking at numbers really does give you something concrete and empowering to manage. And like, we are finding and we we're not saying this is across the board perfection for everybody, but people are finding they're doing better work with smaller caseloads, with quality clients, and their income isn't really dipping. Yeah. And we just want to speak to that story and that experience. Yeah. And that I, I do have a client where the income is dipping, but it literally is the client is going, oh my gosh, I, I can't see, <laughs> I can't see the number of people. I need to figure this, this whole out. I needed to take a week off to get my kids on track. I had to take that time. So like there's, there's pieces where that's happening, but it's usually really related to, hey, there's something happening for me as well that I need a, a an adjustment. And I think also, uh, you know, a lot of you guys are, are asking the question, like, will people think of therapy as a luxury or as a need? I went through the recession. I one couple in particular, it keeps coming back to me, they were both unemployed. they were both on unemployment during the, the Great Recession. And they came to therapy, I had no sliding scale slots left available, they came and paid my full fee. They were living with their parents. Okay, they they like they were in that place. And they said, this is a need. This is an absolute need. And I said, Hey, I can refer you to other places. They said, No, we looked up. We like you, we know you can help us. This is a need. This is investment, our relationship, it's not okay. Our finances are going to be a much bigger mess. And Alicia is talking about that she had a conversation with a, a couple, and they were looking at wants and needs. And one of the people the the hours from work being being changed and being cut. And they looked and they, they, they determined as a couple, this is a need for us. So we need to, we need to really keep the value and understand that our sense that this is a luxury. It's not like, you know, that in your gut, that this is not a luxury. And guess what? When you give clients a chance to like explore, they often find the exact same outcome. And I mean, we talk about this in our fee training too. Like some of those stories are part of our own money stories and our own cultural influences and things like that that are coming up. So these assumptions of mass exodus, these assumptions of um, people don't value it, 
are simply assumptions. And the numbers will speak. Look at them, really get to know them. And those are things you can you can actually influence and change with your marketing, with the way you do your initial console, all of this stuff. Like it's not just like it's happening. It just happens to us. We get to be creative and respond differently as things change. Okay, I'm back as Miranda. <laughs> okay. Let's just, I'm just going to summarize everything we were talking about and then ended up, end up here. First of all, thanks for joining us. And I just want you to know that we're here to support you through this, to pay attention to not how many calls you're getting, but what happens on those calls. Um, to pay attention to clients that you've served in the past that may need you now to pay attention to what people are looking for as they're in the midst of this pandemic in the world. And my bet is they're looking for help, not just with the pandemic, but what the pandemic has highlighted that they've been able to avoid or not get around to um, because of the way life was and how it is now. So I just want to put it out there to remember that these numbers to me are so grounding and helpful and empowering and that the more you focus on some of the concrete it can really help balance out the emotional variability that we are all experiencing through this so we'd love to see you in our community if you have questions boot camp is still open if you'd love to join us we have another bonus coaching call next week. We are adding our bonus courses soon on um, insurance revolution system, our conversations that convert system as well. And we'd love to have you join. But either way, I'm glad you joined today. I'm glad you took time to listen. I'm hoping this inspires you and gets you focused to take action where it matters most in your business and to work from a place of wisdom and not fear. And just know that we're here to support you. Love to you all. See you later.